and it doesn't make our re, our response to it wrong as a child. We just see deeper meanings and, and see all the the corners and the, and the different messages in a passage. And so I had a, a lot of uh, good good thoughts, I think, at least, and, and just some growth in this passage this week and it challenges us. So this is from the Gospel of Luke, the 10th chapter, in verses 38 through 42. <clears throat> now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. And I never really thought about this. I always, um, I think Jesus probably certainly uh, was talking to Mary and she was listening. Uh, but if she was listening, it's also a real possibility that they were both just silent. And they were just listening to one another, listening to each other's heartbeats where deep speaks to deep, and they were just absorbing that, that goodness and that presence. And with that Trinitarian God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, just all around them and moving through them. So it's a possibility when they talk about listening, that part of that was just being still and listening to one another there in silence. So Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying, uh, but Martha... But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, and, and we were pretty certain that she was preparing a meal while Jesus and Mary were uh, having this uh, enlightened moment. Uh, so she comes, she's distracted by her many tasks. So she came to Jesus and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing, and Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. And this is uh, the word of God for each and every one of us here today. Amen. As we uh, just take some time to, to look at this passage and talk about it, um, I would guess that most of us can identify with Martha because we tend to be very responsible and task-oriented and there's a lot of things to, to get done. When do you feel overwhelmed by life, by overwhelmed by all the things that you need to do? How, and how often do we just feel overwhelmed? And do we take that time to think about the, the choices we make every day and when we, when we feel overwhelmed do we um why is that so do we look at every ask yourself why did i decide to do this why did i make this choice so uh how often do we feel overwhelmed uh, by life let's just take a some moments here for a silent prayer let us pray i'd like to open this up just to all of you uh when do you feel um Find yourself being overwhelmed uh, by life. And then quite often, if you're like me, when I feel overwhelmed, then I get resentful. And that resentment maybe goes from irritation to resentment to sometimes even anger there. Uh, so does anyone want to share just when you feel overwhelmed? Have a choice in the matter or I had, I had to do it. 
But it's important for us to remember, especially when we're feeling overwhelmed, is to recognize that we do make choices. And, and there's bad choices, and, and but most of the choices we make are between something that is good or something that is maybe better for us at that particular moment. We, we decide what time we'll get up in the morning. That is the decision we make. We decide whether we're going to eat breakfast or just skip it. We decide if we want to pray or, or maybe listen to some music, or we can listen to uh, news radio or, or, or talk TV, you know, the, the cable news networks. We decide if we want to stop and help someone along the side of the road, or we can make that decision to drive on by. And more often than not, I make that decision to drive on by because I'm in such a hurry to get where, where I'm going. Uh, I can remember yesterday morning before uh, we went out to cut some wood on the Navajo Nation, uh, a couple came by and they wanted to borrow a, a table from the church to use for their child's birthday party. And I had a choice to make. Do I lend them this table or do I not? I have to trust. Are they going to bring it back? Because It was right before we left. And so I made a decision to loan them out that table and just trusting that they will, that they will bring it back. But it's a, a choice that I did make. And so we make all these choices uh, every day of our lives. And, and we kind of get into patterns of what we say yes to and what we say no to. And one of my former mentors, the, the Reverend Lynn Evans, he was the, the minister at the Cortez Methodist Church. And he always said this to me. He said, he said we rarely have to make, the, make decisions between something that is good and, and something that's evil. You know, like, should I make this meal or should I, you know, strangle this person? Well, that's an easy choice <laughs> between good and evil. He said, most of the choices we make are between something that is good and something that is better. And what is the best choice for us at that particular moment? Not even just us, but what is the best choice for our family and our community? Because our, our choices aren't just about us. And so that's where there can be a lot of tension and a lot of struggle. So in addition to make, choose between good or better, I would also add that we do not control the, the circumstances that come into our life, but we do make choices on how we will respond to the circumstances in our life. We don't control circumstances. We might try to control them, but we're not going to have any luck doing that. But we do choose how we will respond to circumstances. And those of you who are, are parents or have been parents, um, we can have our, our child can come up to us and start tugging on our, our coat or our arm and, and we might be on the phone or doing something with work or, or cooking something. They say, oh, I need a drink or I need you to get my coat or you know where my, my glasses are. And we're irritated. We're, we're anxious, we're resentful, but we choose how we, we will respond to that child and that request. And this is throughout our whole day. We choose how we respond to circumstances. Uh, a night or two ago, Jennifer and I, we watched a, a documentary on PBS on the Freedom Riders. And it's about that 19, in 1961 when all these people uh, 
of faith that most of our people of faith in, they tried to, they decided to challenge the segregation laws throughout the South. And they're going to ride a bus through the South and see what happens and saying, we are people as well. We are God's children. We have dignity and worth. And they knew when they made this ride that they were going to face violence. All of them wrote their last, they wrote their will before they went on the ride, knowing that they could possibly die. And they made a very conscious decision that when we meet this violence and hatred and beaten by bats and iron pipes and, and mobs and hit and clubbed and all these things, we will meet that violence with God's grace and God's peace. And we will not return violence with more violence. They made a decision, a choice to remain peaceful. And it was just an, an incredible story. And yesterday was a, a typical day for me. I was thinking about choosing between um, a something good and something better. I had a lot of different choices there. I could have worked on this meditation. I could have taken a, a long walk where I could also go out and, and cut firewood on the Navajo Nation. There wasn't one good thing to do there. There were all good choices. And where I might have gotten more frustrated and more irritated if I tried to do everything and I just couldn't fit all those things in to one day. So when we make choices, it's usually not between good or evil. On occasion it is, but it's usually a choice between something good or something better. And this can be very complex and we can get pulled in, in different directions. And if you look at Mary and Martha, Mary is just sitting, contemplating life with Jesus. That's a good choice. And Martha is making this meal. And that is also a good choice. But there's yet there's a great deal of tension in the room there. So do we take time as we live our lives to examine our choices every day? Kind of like what Kim was saying, why am I doing this? <laughs> Do I want to continue doing this or do I need to look at doing it a different way or maybe just not doing it at all? And do we even recognize that we are making these choices each and every day? We are making these decisions. And today's uh, gospel story here about Mary and Martha usually creates some pretty strong reactions from all of us. Martha welcomes Jesus into her home. She invites Jesus into her house. This is a choice that Martha has made. She welcomes him into her house. And then she starts preparing a meal for Jesus. And this is a good thing. It's a good choice, but it is a choice that she has made. It's not a choice that Mary has made. She has chosen to make this meal. And Martha's sister, uh, Mary, she chooses to sit idly by and sit peacefully at Jesus's feet. And she listens to what he has to say. And maybe they're just praying together or just being still with one another. And this is a choice that she makes. And so Martha, who is making this meal, it is a decision that she has made. She gets really irritated and very resentful with her sister. 
Martha is doing something good, but her energy, I would say, is really bad, <laughs> very negative, e even uh, caustic. And so how often do we make a good choice? We do, we're doing something good, but our energy or our presence is not so good. It's not life-giving. And while Martha is making this meal, I always imagine her kind of in the kitchen there, slamming pots and pans and mumbling under her breath. It's not a really good environment to be a part of. <clears throat> Even though she's making this wonderful meal, she's irritated and she's very resentful. And Martha has had it with her sister. She's very resentful. And she basically says, I'm tired of doing everything around here. And she confronts Jesus and Mary. And she says, Jesus, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And we can't be for sure, but I think she's probably yelling at Jesus when she does this. Because <laughs> she is so angry and resentful. And I'm guessing that most of us probably identify with Martha because we need to get things done. We can't just sit idly at Jesus's feet and contemplate the meaning of life when there is work and tasks to be done. And so for most of us, most of our lives, we are our adults. And being an adult means that we have responsibilities. And Father Ron Rollheiser, he says, very much like Martha, <clears throat> the supper gets cooked only if we do the cooking and the bills get paid only if we earn the money because we are responsible and we are in charge. And he says that we carry the car keys and we also carry the house keys and so many other keys in our life. And we also carry the debt for both the car and the house. We have to get things done. And so I was wondering, asking myself and all of us today, how do we carry our keys? How is Martha carrying the responsibility for the choices that she has made in her life? And does Mary have responsibilities and keys as well? And as we do our task and go about our day-to-day -day life, do we give life or do we take life? In those tasks that we do, are we bringing peace, much like those freedom riders, or are we just bringing turmoil? Do we examine our choices and realize, yes, we are making choices with everything that we do day by day? Or, and I would put Martha in this category, do we blame other people for the choices we've made? Martha is the one that made that decision to make a meal. And yet she's upset with Mary for a choice that she has made. And Ron, Ron Rollheiser, Father Rollheiser says, one of the demons that we wrestle with, wrestle with during our adult years is the resentment of Martha. We, joylessness, he said, it's joylessness bordering on anger, where we have more resentment instead of gratitude. 
do we spend time, uh, you know, Jennifer and I are empty nesters right now. Our children uh, are mostly out of school and doing their own thing now. And for us and, and talking with other parents who are empty nesters, what does every parent pretty well universally say about their children being gone out of the home? And I remember parents telling us this when our, our kids were really young. They always said, spend more time with your kids because it all goes so fast. Because we spend so much time getting everything done. And we often neglect just to spend time with those children and their joy and their, and their creativity and their goodness. And if we do not have children in the home, do we spend time with creation, with friends, just being still and soaking in all of God's grace and goodness and enjoying those gifts of life each and every day? Well, Jesus worked really, really hard. He was not lazy in any stretch of the imagination. He worked hard. He fed people, the masses of people. He cured people and he healed them. He took that time to really listen to adults and to children and the, and the sick and the dying. And his life at times had to feel overwhelming. But where we can learn so much from his life is, is what he did. When he felt overwhelmed, I even think it's possible with his humanity where he could feel that resentment creeping into his life and into his task. When that happened, he walked away and he went to that quiet place and he was still. He was quiet and he listened to God and he had his cup filled up. His soul was restored. So why would we be any different in our day-to-day -day life than Jesus? In that pattern of resting and working and resting and working. And when he found himself getting tired or irritated, he just went away to be restored and to be renewed, just to be still. Jesus not only suggests that Mary has chosen more wisely than Martha, but that Martha and all of us here today as well, we need to examine our busyness. We need to examine ourselves when we find out that we are getting resentful and ask, why am I doing this? Why is it important? Can we make better choices? What can we do in our lives and how much can we do and the question is, how much can we do with great love and great peace? So we're bringing more reconciliation. We're bringing more hope to each of our decisions, all of our actions during the day. So there's a lot going on over the last couple of days and this next, next week as well. And my prayer for myself and all of us is that we can just look at our choices spend some time with them and ask ourselves, why am I doing this? Is this necessary? What do I need to let go to? And learning to set those, those clear boundaries, Jesus learned to say yes, and he learned to say no. And he learned, he understood, he listened to his body when he needed to walk away just to be restored. So much like Jesus, I just pray that we can just make good choices and do everything with great love. Amen.
Thank <laughs> you.